Hello, and welcome to Be an Instructional Design Rockstar with Blair Stamper. We're in season two of this podcast, and we're going to do things a little bit differently. And as many of you know, I'm currently working on my dissertation with Arizona State University. So this season is actually going to be part of my research design. And what that means is this podcast is going to be used more so as a reflective piece from beginning to end of an entire design and development process. So each podcast will be a week-long amount of reflections, and I'm really excited to share this with you. Let's get started. January 28th, 2022. During this week's consultations, I realized a couple of things. The first realization dealt with how our course planning map is laid out. It aligns each activity and assessment with instructional materials. This layout helps us to see the association between learning objectives, assignments, and instructional materials. Because of this, I focus the active learning course planning map on what level of ICAP the activities were versus the instructional materials. This would then assume that there would be no level of passive engagement in the course, which would be ideal. However, is this really true? As CHI-AL 2018 and CHI and Wiley 2014 report, the intended mode of engagement of a learning activity and the actual engagement may differ. So for example, if a student is reviewing the instructional materials without looking at the future activities and assessments, it can be assumed that students would be passively engaging with these instructional materials until they completed the associated activity. One way to get around this would be doing some sort of knowledge check built into the instructional materials. Another way we attempt to remedy this is by incorporating a learning guide at the beginning of each module or week that lays out the bigger picture of the topic. We hope that these learning guides encourage students to take a close look at the learning goals for the module and the bigger picture. But does it really? As a student myself and someone who understands the role of learning objectives and considers herself as an overachiever, Even I barely glance at those learning objectives in bigger picture. Um, I would move straight to the instructional materials, or if I was really strapped for time, I might even skip all of that and go right to the assignment to see what needed to be reviewed to complete it. This conversation with my participants really got me thinking, how do we ensure that the intended mode of engagement of a learning activity is the actual level of engagement? The second realization I had is I hadn't really thought about how I would approach participants who wanted to build straight into Canvas rather than using the active learning course planning map to actually design their course. One out of my five participants preferred to build in Canvas since the entire course is already built. Given my agile instructional design approach, I prefer to change how I work with each individual participant. So because this request came in, I had to rethink how how I would incorporate the active learning course planning map. My plan is to fill out the active learning course planning map for the participant as the course is being built. However, does this allow the participant to actually think about the ICAP framework as they're going along? 
No, I need to think of a way to have this participant engage with the act of planning the course while also developing as we go. Reflection recap. What was my greatest success this week? I'm actually really excited about this one because our media team, who I work really closely with, has decided to adopt the ICAP framework to showcase to faculty the different types of engaging interactives we can make. So they're creating examples of the different levels of ICAP to then showcase that to say, oh, you want a level of active learning or you want a level of constructive learning? Here's an interactive example that we can make. What was my greatest challenge this week? Definitely facing a participant who did not want to use the active learning course planning map and having to reflect upon how to change the design and development process. I'm still not sure my plan is the best, but I will definitely adjust as I go. How did using the active learning course planning map impact the course design and development process this week? It's made me more mindful in how I approach conversations with faculty. I'm able to draw upon a specific framework with examples to incorporate more deeper levels of engagement with the content. So instead of just saying, where can you put in some active learning, I can now draw upon this ICAP framework and give specific examples of here's what it would look like in your course. How did using the active learning course planning map differ this week from previous iterations of the course design and development cohorts? I'm not really sure if this is because I'm collecting data this semester, but I feel more invested in the process this semester. This could have something to do with my participants as well, rather than the actual tool being used. It seems that four out of my five participants are actually really enjoying using the course planning map and mapping out of all the pieces of the course. It's been really great conversations to be able to talk about the course in so much detail, as well as incorporate the ICAP framework. Thank you for joining Being an Instructional Design Rockstar with Blair Stamper. I really hope this episode has helped you get into the mind of an instructional designer as I go through an entire design and development process. See you next time.